Section two of Wokus Populi by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Section two at the Tudor Exhibition in the Central Hall. The usual jocose Ari, who has come here with Ariet for no very obvious reason, as they neither of them know or care about any history but their own well i suppose as we are ere we'd better go in a buster for a book of the words eh to commissionaire what are yer doin them crack guides at old man a shillin not me ere arriet we'll make it out for ourselves a young man who has dropped in for five minutes just to say he's been don't you know jove my aunt nip out before she spots me stop though suppose she has spotted me never can tell with gig-lamps better not risk it is spotted while hesitating his aunt i didn't recognize you till just this moment john my boy i was just wishing i had someone to read out all the extracts in the catalogue for me now we can go round together john affects a dutiful delight at this suggestion and wonders mentally if he can get away in time to go to afternoon tea with those pretty chesterton girls an uncle who has taken master tommy out for the afternoon this is the way to make your history real to you my boy tommy who had cherished hopes of covent garden's circus privately thinks that english history is a sufficiently unpleasant reality as it is and conceives a bitter prejudice against the entire tudor period on the spot the intelligent person huh armor of the period you see feels bound to make an intelligent remark astonishing how the whole art of war has been transformed since then eh now to me as if he was conscious of being singular in this respect to me all this is most interesting coming as i do fresh from fraud his companion a flippant person don't speak so loud if they know you've come in here fresh you'll get turned out patronizing persons inspecting magnificent suit of russet and gilt armour pon my word no idea they turned out such good work in those times very creditable to them really before the portraits the uncle no tommy you remember what became of catherine of aragon i'm sure no no tut tut she wasn't executed i'm afraid you're getting rather rusty with these long holidays remind me to speak to your mother about setting you a chapter or so of history to read every day when we get home will you tommy to himself it is hard lines on a chap having a sneak for an uncle catch me swatting to please him arry there's old enery the eighth you see that's him right enough him has had all those wives and cut every one of their heads off Ariet admiringly ah oh, i knew we shouldn't want a catalogue the intelligent person wonderfully holbein's caught the character of the man the er curious compound of obstinacy violence good humour sensuality and and so on not mistaking a holbein you can tell him at once by the extraordinary finish of all the accessories now look at that girdle isn't that holbein all over flippant person not quite all over old fellow catalogue says it's painted by paris bourdon the intelligent person 
possibly but it's holbein's manner and looking at these portraits you see at once how right froda's estimate was of the king flippant person does froda say how he got that nasty one on the side of his nose a visitor looks over fed don't he second visitor sympathetically oh he fed himself very well you can see that the aunt wait a bit john don't read so fast i haven't made out the middle background yet and where's the figure of st michael rising above the gilt tent lined with fleur-de-lis on a blue ground would this be gusines or ardress now oh ardress on the right so that's ardress yes yes and now tell me what it says about the two gold fountains and that dragon up in the sky john calculates that at this rate he has a very poor chance of getting away before the gallery closes the patronizing persons hm albeen again you see very curious their ideas of painting in those days ah well art has made great progress since then like everything else miss fisher so that's the beautiful queen mary i wonder if it is really true that people have got better looking since those days glances appealingly at phlegmatic fiance her phlegmatic fiance i wonder miss fisher you hardly ever see such small hands now do you with those lovely long fingers too the phlegmatic fiance no never miss fisher perhaps people in some other century will wonder how anybody ever saw anything to admire in us the phlegmatic fiance shouldn't be surprised miss fisher does wish secretly that charles had more conversation the aunt john just find out who number two 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 is john sulkily sir george penruddock knight his aunt with enthusiasm of course how interesting this is isn't it seeing all these celebrated persons exactly as they were in life now read who he was john please the intelligent person froda tells a curious incident about flippant person i tell you what it is old chap if you read so much history you'll end by believing it the intelligent person pausing before the shakespeare portraits he was not for an age but for all time the flippant person i suppose that's why they've painted none of them alike a person with a talent for comparison mary come here a moment do look at this elizabeth lady hobby did you ever see such a likeness mary well dear i don't quite the person with etc it's her living image do you mean to say you really don't recognize it why cook of course mary ah apologetically but i've never seen her dressed to go out you know the uncle number thirteen sir roland hill lord mayor died fifteen sixty one tommy anxious to escape the threatened chapters if possible i know about him uncle he invented postage stamps over the cases first patronizing person a tooth of queen catherine parr dear me very quaint second patronizing person tolerantly not at all a bad tooth either ariot comes to a case containing a hat labelled as formerly belonging to henry the eighth arry look here fancy a king going about in a thing like that pink with green feather why i wouldn't be seen in it myself 
Harry. Ah, oh, but that was old Henry all over, that was. E wasn't one for show. He liked a quiet, unassuming style of at, he did. None of your loud pots ats for me. He'd tell the royal adders, Find me a tile as won't attract people's notice, or you won't want a tile yourselves in another minute. And you may take your oath they served him pretty sharp, too. Harriet, giggling. It's a pity they didn't ask you to write their catalogue for them. The Aunt. John, you're not really looking at that needlework. It's Queen Elizabeth's own work, John. Only look how wonderfully fine the stitches are. Ah, oh, she was a truly great woman. I could spend hours over this case alone. What, closing are they already? We must have another day at this together, John. Just you and I. John. Yes, Aunt, and now, thinks there's just time to call on the Chestertons if he goes soon. Can I get you a cab or put you into a bus or anything? His Aunt. Not just yet. You must take me somewhere where I can get a bun and a cup of tea first, and then we can go over the catalogue together and mark all things we missed, you know. John resigns himself to the inevitable rather than offend his wealthy relative. The intelligent person comes out saying he has had an intellectual treat and intends to run through Fruta again that evening. Harry and Harriet depart to the ocean wave at Hengler's gallery gradually clears as scene closes in end of section two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com